We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. You can follow me on Twitter there. Uh, behind the scenes is Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer. He'll be in the chat dropping links. I'll be looking there. I see Mike B. I see Matthew P. I see the game 24-17. Hit that thumbs up button. I got the apple juice back. I got, well, it's not really apple juice. It's apple mango. My wife, apparently, I don't know if she picked up the wrong thing or something. She, I like mango. Mango's pretty good. I, I drink sometimes the mango smoothie type of things. So I got apple mango today and it's still cold. Uh, I, I took a sip. I don't, I'm, I'm not really feeling the apple and the mango together. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it just, I'd rather just have the mango or just have the apple. It's kind of, it's kind of the thing. It's like, it's like, it's like a DFS lineup. It's like the things just kind of don't go together. Like you're not going to win a GPP by playing apple and mango together. More of a cash game construction right there. So if you're in the YouTube chat, obviously, as always, I prioritize you. If you're listening to the podcast feed, uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, the DFS pregame show, or you can come here live 11 in the morning every weekday on Roto Grinders YouTube uh, and ask your strategy questions. Sometimes the show Go, we, we review the past slate. We kind of talk about today's slate. And of course, it's 11 in the morning, so that doesn't mean anything. I mean, we have the heat today that I don't know how. If you want to play for the heat today, feel free to get down to wherever the hell they're playing. They, you may be able to get on the court today. Uh, FanDuel is not having that game on the slate. Who knows? That game may end up even being canceled. So none of this matters if we talk about today's slate. That's kind of why we talk a lot about general strategy, review the past slate, and answer your questions in YouTube. This is kind of a, like a teaching session. This is a, a school, a DFS school here in the morning on the DFS pregame show. We got Trey McRae in the chat, Justin Sports, Frederick Duke, uh, Drew DP. Uh, Trey McRae says it's negative correlation juice. Yeah. Did, does Apple does apple and mango go together? Have I, I don't think I've ever seen an apple mango anything other than until until my wife got this, the Mott's little little, uh, apple juice things normally it's just apple juice but there's apple mango i don't think it goes together i don't think it goes together i think i think uh it it goes it doesn't go together as much as danny green and hitting a three-pointer yesterday you played danny green you know, he went what oh for nine or something i don't think he did he score a single real life point the sixers got blown out yesterday which is it's not like it was unexpected Right, there essentially was uh, Joel Embiid and the and the G League All Stars playing. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, uh, rookie, pretty good. So, uh, so yesterday, yeah. So Sixers were were like complete chalk yesterday. We could see here on a on results DB. What I what I've done this morning is uh, instead of bringing up the the GPP contest and kind of going a uh, user by user, kind of showing you here's another way to analyze uh, contests that you play and. Whether or not you played chalk or you, you you had the right lineup construction, just the I side by side in Results DB. You can do this. It's it, Results DB is free. You could just go to RotoGrinders.com/slash Results DB. You could look all this stuff up for yourself. 
the uh, the single entry uh, twenty-five dollar double up last night, which is like a thousand people or something. Uh, then the mega eights, which is the eight eighty-eight, the excellent eights, which is the eight, and the four-point play, which is the four-dollar uh, twenty-entry twenty-entry max. So you can see the disparity. Obviously, in higher stakes, it's a it's smaller field, but tends to be more sharper players. And you can see how the line of construction differed versus like the cash lineup. That's what that's what double ups and head to heads are. That's what we refer to in the industry as cash games, right? If people, there could be new people here. I have to, I have to appeal to the new people that may not know the vernacular. A lot, a lot of us came from uh, from poker uh, back at Black Friday back in 2010. People kind of like, okay, can't play poker anymore. I'm going to start playing some DFS. So in in poker. There was, uh, there's tournaments. That's like the World Series of Poker, World Poker Tour, those types of things. And then cash games, which is just, you're playing for your own money. You're just, you know, you're buying for 500 bucks and you play and it, there's no end to it. It's just, it's, it is what it is. So that's what poker players referred to for head-to-heads and double-ups and 50-50s, those type of games to be as cash games. And then the GPPs are the tournaments and GPP stands for Guaranteed Prize Pools. So so it, if you didn't know that, that that's where it comes from. But you could see in the single entry $25 double up what the chalk construction is, right? Max, basically the Sixers. Basically, you're probably playing three or four Sixers in your lineup and combining that with uh, a Sabonis, a uh, Drummond, uh, a spend up somewhere, a Randall even, a Beal in the shooting guard spot. Like uh, in my lineup, I played Maxi and Joe, uh, and Paul Reed, and those are my and Embiid, right? I b- mixed all of them up. And I ended up playing uh, Gordon and Vucevic. Did very well. Uh, that that was uh, that was the top optimal lineup uh, according to uh, Roto Grinders projections before lock. Uh, but failed to play. I, I didn't play Danny Green. Didn't play Mike Scott. Mike Scott was starting. Oh my God! Mike Scott is starting. We gotta play him. Who does, does it matter? Does it really matter? Mike Stock barely, still barely did anything, right? He was coming off an injury. Coming off an injury, this is like his first game of the entire year, the entire season. Uh, even if they didn't get blown out, I don't think he was going to play more than twenty minutes. So, but it was pretty much the guards. So Matthias, Dakota Matthias, Matthias. Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know. Matthias, Maxi, Joe. I mean, Embiid still got forty-one points. I mean, he got the snowflake, but I mean, he only played twenty-three minutes. If the, if the Sixers didn't get blown out, he, he would have he would have gotten there to like 60 points. But that was kind of the chalk construction. Then he had to find the small forward position was just death yesterday. Uh, if you played Oladipo, you were fine. <laughs> oh, to say bless you for my sneeze, hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe. Hit the notification bell, right? For, for the sneezes in the morning. It's hard doing the shows in the morning. I wake up. I got to. I got to get my bearings straight. I got to look at this results DB stuff. Uh, and, and then sometimes you get get under the weather a little. So the small forward position was death yesterday. And like, and like in GPPs, you had to figure out what you were going to do there. A, a lot of lineups uh, that I played, like I played, uh, tried to play a Hawk against the, the Sixers, Cam Reddish. So I did that. I mean, he only got 18.75, so whatever. Uh, I mean, a lot of people played Cameron Johnson. I did too. He ended up getting 13. Didn't even get the blowout run at the end of that game. There were a lot of blowouts yesterday. Uh, and then obviously Danny Green. So like we had a lot of busty small forwards. If you played a small forward that busted, you could have still won a GPP. I, I, I saw I saw in the, in the smaller field contests that people with a 13-point snowflake from Johnson or, or Green – uh, still won because the small forward position outside of like Oladipo, like Danny didn't get there. Like, let's take a look at these small forwards. Cam Reddish, 18.75. So that's not, you know, that's unnecessary. DeAndre Hunter, I guess so, but he was, he was 6,200. Hard to fit him in a lineup. We go through small forward. James Ennis didn't do anything. He was like half injured anyway. Gary Trent. I mean, whatever. I mean, look like Jay, yeah, Jetty, but he, he was expensive and say Herder. Yeah, not many people. I saw Sexton got scratched while he was walking onto the court, apparently. So if you played him, you you automatic zero right there. But like, yeah, this small forward position, like, yeah, Ananobi got there. But I mean, these guys were in like almost 6K. Like it's hard to make this type of construction with without using like a 4K to 5K uh, small forward. 
So if you flipped the construction, you were fine. Like if you flipped the construction, you played Oladipo instead of playing Embiid and you found another center and then you paid down a little bit at center. So if you played someone like Miles Turner, that wasn't that bad, right? It wasn't a high scoring night. You didn't need like ridiculous amounts of points. Obviously, if you had Beal, uh, if you had Beal, if you had uh, Siakam later, he put up a triple-double. Like if you had him, Vucevic in the center spot. I mean, even Giannis didn't get there. Lillard got there. Uh, the chief center that got there, you know, Mitchell Robinson. Brolo, he had a double-double for 4,100 if you played him. Devontae Graham at low ownership. A lot of the high-owned guys, like, just did not did not score enough. Like, Sabonis was okay, but, I mean, he was 9,300, so 46 points is not like, you don't need that, right? Same for Brogdon. Like, uh, like Oladipo, at least, because the thing about Oladipo, at least he fills the small forward spot, right? Because if you had Brogdon, you had him in a point guard. That means, like, how do you fit in Maxi also? Because Maxi was 4,700, so 31 and a half is perfectly fine getting there. He had a flame emoji. He was fine. So, like, Randall didn't get there. Uh... I mean, Drummond didn't put up enough points for his salary at 9K or so, right? Lamella Ball, I mean, I guess he got there to some extent. Chris Paul, he, he kind of got there. Aaron Gordon had a flame. That was fine. Uh, but may, none of the Bucks really did well. I played a bunch of lineups with Aaron Gordon and Drew Holiday. That didn't work, right? Drew Holiday had 20 at the half, and he ended with like 27. So so that didn't end up working out. But I mean, I had, I had a good day. I had a good day yesterday. Over the weekend, uh, cash games were... Uh, a little downswing. This is why I show this 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 bankroll tracker. You could you could go to uh, to tracker.theoryofdfs.com and it'll link you right to this sheet. So you could you could feel free to ch- this is public public tracking. So you you could look at it at any time and you'll see the actual swings of 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 a cash game player. So if you're playing cash games on all three sites, that's what I do. 10% of whatever the bankroll is, I started with 20,000 I'm up this so far this season. I'm up seventy three hundred dollars. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It was before the weekend. It was like ninety two hundred or something. But you're gonna go up and down. A lot of it is being carried by Fanduel. But I mean, this is the this is variance. It's been twenty slates. It's ten and ten, right? You know, it, it ends up going in thirteen and ten. Oh, now you you're making tons of money on DraftKings. It's it it's always gonna go up and down. Twenty twenty slates, eighteen slates is not much of a sample size. So like you can, it, there's no such thing as streaks when it comes to this stuff. Today's result is not going to be any reliant on yesterday's. Oh, it's one, three days in a row. Like it doesn't matter. None of those things matter. It's all in the grand scheme of variance. And even we're going to get to towards the end of the season where these slates are going to say 160. Then it matters at least a little bit more, right? If it's 160 in the red, then okay, then you got a problem, Right. So if you're playing cash games, this is what this is what it normally looks like. Okay. People that say they have 80% win rates in cash are just lying to you, or it's such a small sample that who cares? Right. Well, I played 12 slates and I've won 80% of them, right? Who cares? That could happen. You could lose them all and still be a good player. So, like what I'm doing is playing 10% of whatever the current bankroll. So today I'll be playing about twenty seven hundred dollars And I split it appropriately across sites. Typically. More so in DraftKings and FanDuel than Yahoo because Yahoo, it's hard, it's harder to get more volume, at least not without you know running into sharper players. So it'll be today, and a lot of it's going to be different because this is why you diversify. Today, DraftKings and Yahoo have the Heat game, but FanDuel doesn't. So my FanDuel lineup is going to look almost nothing like the other two lineups. So it's it's possible to. Okay, you split here and you win there. Like you see on a lot of these days where, yeah, on the 23rd, won on DraftKings and Yahoo, lost on FanDuel. 25th, won on FanDuel, lost on DraftKings and Yahoo. 26th, lost on DraftKings, but won on these two sites, right? Won on DraftKings and FanDuel on the 27th, lost on Yahoo, right? Same thing the next day. Like most of these days, like right here, two and one across the sites. Here, all three. I mean, this is a very big winning day on the 23rd. But then you have some of these days, like on the 8th, loss, loss, loss. You lose across all the sites. And that's a big, that's a pretty big downswing, right? But that's the only day, that's the only day since the start of the season that I lost on all three sites. 
every other day you eke out a little bit of a profit or you or you just have a small loss because you went on one of them. So that eighth, that's and when this was when this number was up to like nine thousand ninety five hundred, like that's that's where that that big dip comes from. But that's gonna happen. Like you're not gonna win every day. You're I mean you're not nowhere close to being to win every day. So that this is why I show this. Not to brag, not to not to to, to say how great the Roto Grinders projections are or anything like that. But that this is if you're a cash game player, this is what this is what uh, a, a pro would look like, right? This is this is how you, you would model your play about and and what it really looks like. So when people when people say I win all the time, they don't win all the time. Okay, I'm showing you you don't win all the time. GPP, you win even less of the time, okay? So a, that's the reason I put it up here. So going back into the YouTube chat, as always, you could feel free to post your, your questions uh, in the YouTube chat. I will scroll back. Sometimes I, you know, I talk a lot about a subject and then, uh, then answer follow-up questions here. Ch uh, Cliff Shinkoweth, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name. You said you built... Five, you built five hand-built lineups five minutes before lock. Wonder if that process includes some preloaded lineups on the optimizer that you are editing with news. Yeah, I use I use when when I'm hand building, I use the I use the optimizer as a research tool. Like, yeah, I'm not cutting and pasting and exporting and putting into a CSV. I'm I'm just using my phone to just plug them in, right? But the lineups that I'm looking at, I'm looking at through lineup HQ. So I'm going through, going okay. Can I play, uh, okay, Aaron Gordon is doing well. You know, it projects well. He's going to be lower on because people expect the, the Bucks to blow them out. So can I play Gordon with Holiday together? Like, does that, and Holiday didn't project all that badly. So, like, I would lock them in and then run it and go, well, what Sixers are in this lineup? I'm like, what is, what is, the, what is, the, what is the projection of the full lineup? I'm like, okay, do I play Embiid in this lineup or do I not play Embiid in this lineup? Well, I'm going to play Maxi, and then I lock him in. I exclude B Embiid and then I start running through lineups like that. This is what I may be doing an hour or two before, before lock, okay? Now, I'm just researching, okay, is this a viable route to go? If I see that the projection is too low, I'm not getting enough leverage, there are better options than then I choose another type of lineup. But I mean, that's what I'm doing throughout lock, okay? So uh, before lock, obviously. Okay, going through the YouTube chat, people are messaging me, not realizing that I have a show. They should probably look at the fucking schedule. Okay, uh, let's see, going through. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, okay, scroll, scrolling up, scrolling down. I see everyone in chat, hit the thumbs up button. Let's see. Uh, on results DB, what's the number next to the percentage? For example, maxi 100%, 6.25. Uh, plus or minus whatever this, it's the, the average is. I'm assuming that's what that means. I don't necessarily care about that, right? Minus one, yeah, that's what that would mean. Whatever the average of whatever you're looking at, right? If I, if I exclude one of them, I'm assuming they'll change. So like Tyrese Maxey, average 85.73. This is 95.82, which is plus like above, owned above the average. But I'm looking, I'm looking more in comparison. I don't care about the versus the average. I care about like the mega eights versus the excellent eights versus the four point play. Like that type of that, that type of stuff. So I guess that's. I don't know. You're asking me what the number means. And I, I barely know. I barely noticed the number because I don't really even care that much about the number. Uh, last night, uh, this is from Danny Kelly. Uh, last night, chalk was overplayed in cash on FanDuel. Okay. Three, 30 of 100 entries in one of the 50-50s we were in. Do you consider late swapping Brogdon and Sabonis? What was the plus EV play there? If you if you see that you're, uh, that you're tied in cash games, then who cares? Play... Play the most optimal lineup you can. Like you're playing cash games. This isn't GPPs, right? If 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 you're if you're ahead, if you're ahead of the cash line, play the chalk. You want to play chalk in cash games. End of story. Okay. If you feel want to swap, feel free to swap. Over time, you're gonna you're gonna be negative EV. 
So feel free in three mans, you want it in three mans, five mans, those types of things, triple ups, then you could feel free to sacrifice a little bit medium to get different. But uh, in, in regular double ups, 50-50s, head-to-heads, obviously in head-to-heads, if you're tied, you just, you know, you'll get your rake back, right? On DraftKings, it happens automatically on FanDuel. You just email them in. There's even, uh, if you use Roto Tracker, there's a way to get a draw report and you could just email that to FanDuel. That, that's what I do. So in Roto Track, there's a draw report and every month, uh, it it even gives you a little little highlight, you know, little little uh, like fake email, like a, a, a template. And you could just email FanDuel support and within a day, they take care of it. Yeah, I think last month, uh, the for beginning of the uh, basketball season, I think I got like seven bucks a break back or something based on ties of the same exact line. So you, so don't necessarily worry about it that much. Milo Kaminsky, were you willing to drop more in projection last night due to Philly projections being a bit more fragile or was it just more normal correlation leverage made up for the drop? Uh, I, I said uh, on the yesterday show with uh, with James that Maxi and Embiid projected so well that it was nearly impossible to make a lineup without at least one of them that didn't just completely kill your projection. So, like, to me, Maxi was in all five of my GPP lines. Embiid was more likely to be fadeable because of his price, right? All the other guys are, yeah, I agree with you. All the other guys you could throw out, right, because of fragility, right? You didn't need Danny Green or Isaiah Joe or Mike Scott or any of the guys. The main, the main guys that projected well, they all projected okay, but the, the, the volatility of who's going to play and how they're going to do uh, for all the other guys, was kind of up in the air. I mean, they projected well, but you don't know in which direction it would go. So to me, I, I viewed it as every lineup you played needed to have at least one of Maxi or Embiid. Now, obviously with Embiid playing as a, in an expensive center spot, we had other expensive center. We had other centers you could play. Sabonis is center eligible. Drummond, Vooch, Turner, Wagner, Robinson, Aiton. I mean, like the... Plenty of plenty of decent centers that you could have played that you didn't need Embiid. Obviously, if Embiid goes off for 72, you're gonna need him. Uh, but from Maxi, you're not gonna I couldn't you couldn't find someone at 4700 that had that high of a projection. Like you just did it, it doesn't matter the position anymore. It's like find another forty seven hundred dollar player that has a projection that's that's like eight X. They're the median their, their median is an eight X score. Like you couldn't. The centers I could. So that's why playing Maxi in all of my lineups made more sense than playing Embiid in all of my lineups. But I think based on our projections, at least at Roto-Grinders, uh, it was very hard to make a lineup that didn't project eight to 10 points worse at best without playing at least one of them. So that's what you look for. So uh, with, the, with the question being that, uh, let me scroll back up. Was I willing to drop more in projection last night due to Philly? Yeah, we had, the, the other guys in the lineup, the Danny Greens, the Isaiah Joes, the Dakota Mathiases, Paul Reed, Mike Scott, those guys, like they projected, they projected okay. But I mean, there were plenty of other guys on the slate. There were other ways to make your lineups that still the overall lineup had a good enough projection. Yeah, it had a better projection with the Philly guys but only by a point, a point and a half, two points. But if you if you left off Maxi, I mean, you dropped, you know, eight to 10 points. You left off Embiid, you dropped somewhere between four and seven points. So, like, it's very hard. To, it's, you can't make a lineup with neither of them. I mean, you can. It's just that it's very improbable that that's going to be a high enough projected lineup that you're going to win anything. Over time, on a specific slate, yeah, anything could happen. Uh, QQ from Angry Vic. I am branching out to single entry GPP from 20 max. If you played multiple single entries, should you make a different lineup for each single entry you enter? That's what I do. Spread out my risk. Diversify. Some people make one lineup and put it in all single entries. So all the contests now you play would be correlated to each other, right? Most likely, if you're playing an 800-person contest here and an 800-person contest there and an 800-person contest here that if you win one, you're probably going to win them all. Maybe come in second, 
right? So if you play one lineup and played all the single entries, you're you're putting in $500 worth of volume, like that, what I do. I'll play the 250, I'll play the 200s and the 240s. So that comes out to $530. If I just played one lineup, well, if the lineup does well in one contest, it probably does well in all of them. So 530 could easily turn into 2000 or it could turn into zero, right? Because there's correlation between contests. But if I play five separate lineups, I'm just looking to win one of them, right? They're, my lineups are not necessarily as correlated with the contest that I'm playing. Now, I, I, will I will share players. Most of my lineups, my five lineups looked similar to one another. I was playing Maxi. I was playing some, some one of the, the wing players from the Sixers. I was playing uh, uh, Beal in one lineup. I was playing Brogdon in one lineup. I was playing Sabonis in another lineup. I was playing Randall in another lineup. Like they all, they still all had kind of core pieces. They were all like 3v3s or 4v4s off of each other. So while they do share the same elements, they're still not like the same lineup. So there's no better. Should you do this? Should you make different lineups for each single entry? No, it doesn't matter. All that matters is, do you want to reduce your variance? That's it. Do you want to diversify your portfolio? Over time, if we played this slate out a thousand times, you playing one lineup into five single entry contests is the same as me playing five individual lineups. It ends up... Over time, it ends up coming out the same. But of course, we don't have forever as a time frame, right? Right. We don't have. We're not going to be able to play a uh, hundred thousand slates in our, in our in our lifetime. We're going to be dead by then. So, thinking in terms of like, yes, playing the most optimal lineup that I could possibly make and putting into every single GPP and only playing that one lineup is mathematically more profitable. But can you realize that that profit? Well, if you don't realize it tonight, well, and you don't realize it tomorrow and you don't realize it the next day, like, yes, you'll have one big hit at once in all the single entries at one time. And it'll look nice for a screenshot, right? It'll look nice. 530 turns into $112,000. Like it, that, 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 it looks nice, but I, that's what I've been doing is just win one of them. The past two weeks, the past what, week, I've won one for five grand. I came in second, another for eight grand, Right. But if I played the same lineup in all of them, I would have made more money. But when I played that same lineup, I have five chances now to hit a small field GPP win. So I'm reducing my variance and eliminating some of the upside, obviously. So that's that's what I do. But this, this question is more about diversification than it is like, what's the best strategy? There is no, it's not a best strategy at all. Just the same thing as if, if you're playing 20 max or 150 max or any of those, you could play one lineup. You could play five lineups. You could play 10 lineups. Do, do you lock in a player? Well, how, how diversified do you want to be? How, how much risk do you want to take on for this slate? That's not a question of strategy. That's just a question of tolerance. Let's see. Let's go in through chat, going through chat. Uh, Donnie Watson, QQ last night on FanDuel GPP, going into the 10 o'clock games. I had an eight and bust but the rest did okay. I had four spots left, including Brogdon Sabonis with two Sacramento guys. Would you have swapped one or both to Lowry Siakam? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what GPP you were in, so it's it's hard to it's hard to even say. Uh, but if you had the nuts in the rest of your lineup, except for Aiton, uh, I could see on I could I could see going away from one of Brogdon and Sabonis. I mean. I mean, Sabonis was going to be very, very popular, and Brogdon was going to be highly owned. So, so I could, I, it, this, this is one of those things. Like I said, it's a matter of risk tolerance. Like I'm assuming you had a decent enough lineup that if you stayed pat, you probably min cashed, right? And with Aiton in your center spot, you're probably not going to win first. So it really comes down to what's your goal. If you stay pat. I'm, ass I'm assuming you, you, you min cast with that lineup with Brogdon, Sabonis, and the two Sacramento guys. Now, obviously, if you switch over to Lowry Siakam, you, you did even better. I'm assuming, right? Lowry had a pretty decent game, right? Siakam had a crushing game, right? Uh, but, I mean, how much more would you have won? If neither would have min cast, then it wouldn't have mattered. So, really, in order to assess that, you have to look at, like, what ended up happening. But more likely than not, 
me personally in that spot with a bust lineup, I probably would have switched out Brogdon or Sabonis. Maybe not both of them, but one of them. And probably Sabonis to Siakam, right? I would take the higher owned. Like whoever's going to be the highest owned and then just switch that guy and then you're probably good. I mean, if 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 you're looking to min cap, if you're looking to make a little extra money or or whatever, but it really depends. If you were in the spot to min cash already, maybe that that's your goal. Just maximize that, and that's and that's perfectly fine because you're probably not going to win with Aiton's points in your center spot. Let's see. Uh, Michael Lingelfelter, thoughts on this research strategy? Player group most owned. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay, this is not necessarily a strategy, but I'll read it. Player group most own three to five players and set the group to use a max of two players in the lineups to see which players you could fade and still keep a higher projection. Okay, that isn't that bad of an idea. I guess I guess you, but see, you're you're you're, you're pigeonholing into like max of two. There are there are probably lineups that you could play three or four of them and still be fine and still be leveraged. So you're just assuming that so it's you're making it's a little bit too much of a blunt tool you could do it i i get the logic michael you you can play a group like let's let's try that out let's try that out on today's slate which uh, we have our 1007 projections which mean nothing at this point uh the heat it basically it's the heat and then you're gonna fit someone else durant heat because Kyrie. i don't know Kyrie's missing i think Kyrie. he's not coming back to the he's, he's who knows According to what I just saw on Twitter, that he's he's out today. So it's going to be Durant in the Heat today. So let's go with what uh, what Michael suggests. So you say the most owned three to five players and use a max of two. Okay, so the most owned players today are probably going to be the front court for the basically all the Magic, all the all the all the Heat, right? Probably Hero. Here's a little priced up. So let's let's do uh, Olenek, Achua. Uh, Durant, Embiid, who's questionable. So let's put like, like that group together. So let, let's try it out. Let's see. Okay. So I'm going to build 20 right now, just so we can see what the top is. This is what kind of what we did yesterday. Okay. The top is 306.5, something around there, right? And it has five, five magic in it with Levert, Durant, and Embiid. Okay. So let's, let's put in, uh, Iggy, is Iggy going to be popular? I guess they have to play him, right? Of course. Okay. So let's go to build. Let's go to build player groups. And let's put in Durant with Olenek. Olenek. Uh, do we have here a Precious? He's going to have to play a lot of minutes. Uh, you consider Levert to play? Not, is he going to be owned enough? Going to be Hero. Hero and Robinson. Let's put Iggy there as well. Iggy Let's say no more than than three, because with all this value, you're probably going to play three of them. So let's let's just do three. Use at most three of these players. Okay. So the top lineup we got before was three hundred six point five eight, but now we just want to use. Do we want to put Embiid in there as well? We'll we'll do that. We'll do that in a minute. So we'll put. Just the my well, will, we'll just put the Miami players in there, right? These five Miami players, without Durant, they can only play three of the Miami players. So we have we have this three hundred six. So remember that number three hundred six point five. Okay, now we're going to build with just three of the Heat. Okay, three hundred two point five. You're losing four points of projection by just playing three Heat. Okay, now let's take out Durant. Put him in the group. I'm not saying this is what you should do, but it, it, I, I I understand what what Michael Lingelfelter, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is is saying. This is kind of what you are doing by by researching. So now we're putting Durant in. Now we get down to 299, right? If you just played three of that group, so you're down to 299 from 306. So that's seven points in projection. If you just play three of them, and let's add Embiid to that as well. Okay. Build 20 lineups. What does that bring us down to? 294. Wow. Okay. So the difference of, okay, to go over it again, 
if you use the max three of like probably what's going to end up being the chalkiest players on the slate, which essentially is the, the Heat guys, Durant and Embiid. If you only use three of this group, if you use none, you start with the top best possible lineup based on our current projections as of 10.07 in the morning, 306.5. If you use with Durant, right? We just added Durant to that one, right? We added Durant and Embiid. So this is with Embiid, 302. Without Embiid, 299. And this is without even any of them, 294. So based on this, like most likely, like 299 may be the cutoff. Right, one, two, three, four. But let's say we built, let's say now we put it up to, we put it up to four. At most four of these guys. Run 20. Still at 299. You're going to have to, you're going to have, you're going to have to play a bunch of these guys. It's going to be tough, right? Olenek, Precious, Iggy. Yeah, you're gonna fit. You're gonna have to fit a lot of these guys together. You're gonna be giving up a lot of projection because of it. As of as of right now, as of right now, it's gonna be on DraftKings at least. On FanDuel, you don't have to deal with this game, so you don't have to worry about it. But yes, Michael, this is a viable way of uh, of researching to some extent, right? I mean, I'm doing a very similar type of thing. So, like the difference in using the player group, like instead of doing this and just like okay, build 20 lineups. See, 306, and then do it without Precious. Give it to me without Precious. 299, right? Like I could see it immediately like that. Right, 306? Right, exactly. Like you get rid of Precious and you, you, you drop it. So let's say we get rid of Kelly and we add Precious back in. And then run it. 306 turns into 299 again, Right. So let's say we get rid of, bring back Olytic and get rid of Iggy. And then see, let's then, let's see what that is. 298. Okay. So this is, this, this is what I would be doing. I would be looking player by player. And depending on the field size, like dropping six points in median in a small field is, is drastic. But in a large field contest, it's, it, you, you can do it. Right, you could you could make it make it up in leverage for large field, large five figure fields. You could do it, but we have when we have value like this with the heat today, like it's just it's just going to be tough to not play him. Doesn't mean you play five of them in your lineup. No, of course not. It's going to be the, xing out the heat. I mean, let's do that. Imagine if we did that. Let let's go. Let's show. Let's let's see what happens when we do this. When we just literally just say nope. We don't want. I don't want any. Just, um, but the people will do this. They will make lineups and say, I'm just going to X out the heat, right? Well, what's the best lineup you can make? 277. Like you're nuts. Like you're nuts for doing it based on our current projections, right? The best lineup with, with all the heat in is 306. The best lineup that you can make without any of the heat is almost 30 point projected 30 points lower. Median wise, thirty. Like you'd be nuts to just just completely fade the heat today. This is this is how you, this is this this is the research you should be doing. This is what I do. What type of constructions are vi- are viable for the contest that I'm playing? Even in large field contests, if you're playing the fadeaway or whatever whatever they're calling it today, excellentates the big excellentates the twelve that who you never know they switch it up all the time on DraftKings. You're playing that, like you're still playing heat. Like there's no way you're sacrificing 30 points in median to not play any heat, any. Yes, you could say, well, maybe I'll fade Iggy. Well, maybe maybe I'll only play three of them, right? Maybe I'll only play two. Maybe I'll only play Hero and Olenek. Like, but you're you're, you're not not playing heat players today. Assuming the game happens, right? You, you listen to this right now. Maybe they don't even have enough players and the game gets canceled, right? I mean- that could happen. That happened with the Celtics the other day. 
So all the work that you do could be like, up oh, or uh-oh. It's pretty much the same slate like on FanDuel. And then, you know, everyone's going to be playing Trey Lyles, right? It's going to end up everyone's going to the Spurs for value again, right? Because we take a look at if the game gets canceled, then we're going, we're going back to Philadelphia and the Spurs. And we all love playing the Spurs, right? Of course. Joking, obviously. Going back to the YouTube chat, hit that thumbs up button. I got my apple mango mango juice, apple and mango. Apple and mango. I'm, 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 I'm leaning up to it. it. It tastes a little bit more like mango than apple juice, though. Like, that's what's throwing me off. I'm used to apple juice. This is like mango. It should really be the other way around. It should be mango apple juice. It tastes like it tastes like I'm drinking mango juice that just has like oh what's what's that other thing in there is that a pear is that a but what uh, it's an apple kind of an apple okay let's go through the chat let's see How, uh, EK, how different should your strategy be for single entry GPP tournaments versus 150 max GPP tournaments when you aren't max entering, only building a few lineups? It shouldn't change at all. You're building your lineup for the size of the contest. End of story. It doesn't matter how many lineups you have. And it doesn't matter how many lineups everyone else has. Are you are you playing a field where all these GPPs are top heavy? So to say the different payout structures doesn't really matter. They're all top heavy. They're all, if you don't come in the top, you know, five like you're losing money like top 10 you have to aim for those spots so is is the contest twenty thousand entries or is it five thousand entries is it one thousand entries is it 500 entries that's what you should be building on if, if, if you're in a contest that's a thousand entries and it's a three max you could enter one lineup it's a thousand entry contest it just so happens that the max that any one single person can put in is three entries in and of itself, that doesn't do anything, dude. Who cares? You just need to know, I need to beat 20,000 other lineups. I need to beat 5,000 other lineups. Build your lineup for that. So you could play 150 max GPP with you know, 20,000, 30,000 entries in it and play one lineup. That's perfectly fine. The, the EV of each lineup is independent from one another. So it doesn't matter. So play, but play a lineup. Don't play... Based on, well, I only have one lineup, so I have to play safe. No, that's how you lose. That's how you min cash and you never you end up bleeding your money away. If you're going to play a large field GPP, play a lineup that could win it, even if you're just playing one. You're going to lose 80 to 90% of the time. You're not going to get any money back. But that's the what that's you have to play to win those types of contests. Jacob Calloway asks strategy for reducing interlineup correlation. I'm using three uniques and groups, but find my lineups are still too similar. Uh, what is the sound way to approach capping exposures and finding what percentage to cap at? You have to look at, this is all, it's it's all slate dependent. Every, every slate's going to be different because yeah, the positional eligibility and the salary distribution is always going to be different on different slates, right? Oh, I only like one small forward. Well, he's going to have to be in all your lineups if that's the only small forward that's available and whatever his salary is that's what's going to be those lineup constructions. So you're going to get a lot of interlineup correlation if if your player pool is very condensed. There's only so many ways that those players could come together and still give you, you know, $50,000 in salary or 49.7 or whatever in salary. So that's why when people ask me about settings in lineup HQ, like there's no deep there's no like people like, what are your settings? Like my settings these things could change all the time. If I'm building 100 lineups, if you took a snapshot of this screen, of my build rule screen, every single day that I built 100 lineups, it would ne- there would never be, a, there, it would be extremely rare that this would look the same on any two, two days, right? It would rarely look, sometimes, sometimes it's three. Sometimes, sometimes I have 8%. Sometimes I have that. Sometimes... I have this. Sometimes I don't have a number here. Sometimes I don't have a slider here. Sometimes I don't use player range of outcomes. Sometimes I only use one unique player. Sometimes I'm using three or four unique players, depending on the player, depending on the lineups that I'm looking to make. Sometimes I'm setting a min. Sometimes I'm getting, sometimes I'm getting lineups that are way too contrarian. 
So I need to, I need to use a blunt tool to get it up. Sometimes I'm making lineups that are way too chalky. So I got to cut it off somewhere and then try to make it that way. Sometimes I'm changing exposures in order to, to get the lineups that I, that I wanted. The key is to come up with the lineups before you touch the optimizer. That's the key. The key, I look at this slate right now and go, okay, we got, we got cheap power forward, right? Durant's going to be chalky and we got these two. So like people are going to, this is going to be like a, a chalk type of construction right here, right? So I look at this and I go, well, there's going to be a lot of leverage of power forward if you don't play Durant, right? Because most likely you're going to have to play these magic guys, these, these heat guys, the Miami guys. So I take a look at power forward and I go, let me, let me take a look at the projections for, for power forward. Is there anyone here? I mean, even Iggy, I could put in a power forward spot. Maybe some bonus comes in lower owned. Aldridge. Maybe he maybe he's a place to get leverage. Is Lyles going to play again? Maybe we get Lyles in there. Maybe we get Lyles. We don't play Durant, right? We don't play Durant. Who's who's uh, Philadelphia? Okay, and you could play Embiid across from these guys, right? So you play Embiid. Where did he go? So I'm just visualizing a roster that that does not have Durant in it. Okay. It already, and it fills all these spots. So now Durant can't fit in any of these. So I'm going to look and it's like, what do they look like? Steph Curry, Hero, Brogdon. uh, And they get Curry and Brogdon on the same game. So I'm looking at this. This is what I'm doing. Visualizing what a lineup without Durant looks like. I'm still paying down here. Are there any pay-up power forwards? That I could play. Well, so let's let's take it with Sabonis instead of Lyles. Let's play Sabonis in that spot. Okay, we still get the, we basically get all the all the all the Miami and yeah. This this lineup was going to be a little too chalky, right? Because essentially, it's if you take a look at this lineup right now, it's essentially the the, the cash lineup. Just instead of Durant, it's Sabonis because Durant is ninety four hundred and Sabonis is ninety three hundred. How much leverage do I gain with this lineup? Even if Sabonis was 5% owned, like I'm the other seven spots, basically the chalk. So to me, this lineup makes less. This is something maybe you could play in a very small field contest. But the other lineup with Trey Lyles now flips the construction, right? Now you get Brogdon and Curry in there in the guard spots. And you're still playing one, two, three, four. You're playing four Heat and Embiid. This, okay, this is something I could play in the 888, maybe. This is something I could play in a 5,000-person field cup. Maybe, maybe I could do it, right? This, this is what I'm visualizing. I didn't build, I didn't click build, I didn't put settings in. So I'm visualizing this. Okay, if I pay up guard, pay up guard, less Durant. So now I know what type of lineups, like that's one type of construction type that I could go in and say, okay, cap Durant at 20. Let's up uh, Curry, Curry and Brogdon. Curry at 20, Brogdon at 20, just to start or whatever. And then even maybe I even in in the player groups, I want to make a group that always pairs them together, right? Curry and Brogdon. And if I want to always make it that way, I have to do it the other way as well. I'm not saying I sh- I would, but I could. So I make sure that Curry and Brogdon are always together. Curry's in a lineup, Brogdon's in a lineup. Brogdon's in a lineup, Curry's in a lineup. And maybe I even make it because if Sabonis comes in there, uh, I want to do it with Sabonis as well. So I only want to play those guys together. Well, I don't even have to see. I, I could even delete this because I could do it in the other group. Right. If Brogdon is in the lineup, okay. If Curry's in the lineup, I could just do this. Play either Brogdon or Sabonis, or one or two of them. And here, Brogdon with Curry. Then I have to do a Sabonis with Curry. Only because I visualized that lineup, and I'm like, okay, that's the type of lineup I want to make. And then I'll go and I'll research again. I'll go, what other types of lineups do I want to make? And then I set in order for lineup HQ to give me those types of lineups in generality. And then I'm just, I'm, I'm just building, I'm building, you know, do I need a hundred lineups? I'm building a hundred lineups. 
and see what comes out. Am I getting enough of those types of lineups? And then I look through it and I like, maybe I want uh, maybe Jokic. Yoke, a Jokic-Durant lineup with all the cheap Maverick, with all the cheap Heat, right? Jokic may go under own today. So, right, it's a look. I'm going to research it. Jokic plus Durant. Let's see what that lineup looks like. Okay. Obviously, we get all the we get all the heat, right? We get Lavert there. Lavert, Durant, Jokic, and this. This this may be this may be still too chalky. This may be small field, right? You get Jokic in there. Basically, you're you're taking out Jokic instead of Embiid, and you have a little extra money, so you end up getting Maxi up here uh, instead. So it's not that leveraged. And you have Lavert and Durant together, which. I mean, I guess you can get it there. I guess, I guess that's doable. So I'm looking at this going, okay, how can I make this even a little bit more leveraged? Well, maybe I don't play uh, Levert and, and Durant together. So I'll go into here. I'll set a group, Levert, Durant. Okay. Well, it's not going to go, it's not going to go by this, but I would have to build a lineup. Let's keep it down at, at, at 10 just to, so it doesn't take that long right what does that lineup look like Durant Jokic Mari and four heat and Maxi maybe I don't want to play Maxi maybe I don't want to play these four together does this lineup how much sense does this lineup make I guess it's I guess it's okay uh so I'm, I'm getting center, 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 small forward, shooting guard, point guard, and another guard. So maybe Murray, let's get rid of Murray. Let's see what that happens. Let's get let's get rid of Maxi as well. Okay, where's Maxi up here? Get rid of this. Ben Simmons should be back, so he's fine. Let's see what that lineup looks like. So Wiggins, you get Wiggins and five heat. Do we want to play five heat? Well, we're going to have to play someone in the point guard spot. Power forward, center, small forward is Iggy, Duncan Robinson, hero. So maybe get rid of Duncan Robinson. Let's see what happens there in the shooting guard. That should bump someone up because Wiggins could end up in the shooting guard spot, right? Yeah, George Hill. Okay, that doesn't do all that much. This is what I'd be doing. Like I'm showing you exactly what I do, right? Because I, I made a hypothesis of like, if I get rid of that guy, what is what, what comes up here? Okay, that didn't change much. Uh, Shy, okay, and Caruso. Okay, do I want to do that? So I'm researching what Durant-Jokic lineups look like. That's all I'm doing. So I know later when I put it into the optimizer, what what should I expect out of it? If I'm going to play a Durant-Jokic lineup, let's say I bring all these guys back in, these, these excluded players. If I bring these guys back in, like... I know I'm going to need that. These are what the lineups are going to look like, more likely than not. Jokic-Durant lineups are going to need to have four heat, right? Those types. It's probably going to have Maxi or Murray or Hill or Shy or Gree. Like I, so I know from my exposures that it, I can't just cap. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to try to make all these lineups and then cap all the heat to twenty percent. Like it's it's going to be impossible to make. So I know that if I make these Durant-Jokic types of lineups, my exposure to the heat will be very high. Depending on how many Jokic and Durant lineups I make. Maybe I'm only making 10% of them. Okay, so I need 10% of all the heat combined together. If I want to make 50% of my lineups like this, well, I'm going to have a ton of heat. So these are the things that I visualize in your head logically and say, okay, what based on the lineups that I want to make, what should I expect out of my exposures to all these other players? So I'm not just thrown off. So I'm like, okay, I want these types of lineups and those types of lineups and these types of lineups. And oh my God, why do I have 100% Andre Iguodala? Like, I'm not going to be surprised by that. Unless I'm paying up at small forward, he's going to be the guy that fits in there. So I need to either find another small forward that fits in, that goes together with my lineups, or I just have to accept the fact that I'm going to play a lot of Iggy today. Okay. So I don't want to be surprised. So this, when people ask me, what do I do throughout the day? This is the research that I'm doing. Now I'm not, spe- I'm not spending six hours staring at my computer doing this all day, but throughout the course of the day, I'm like, hmm, this, this may be an interesting way to go. Let me test it out. What do these lineups look like? 
This is what I'm doing. Going through the YouTube chat. We got a couple of minutes left. Keep my, my, my apple mango juice, my mango apple juice, my, they should just combine the names together. Mango apple, my, a, 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 a pango, a pango juice. I have no idea, but it's, it's cold. So you've been hitting the thumbs up button. That's pretty good. Uh, let's see. Going through chat. As always, I'm here every morning, right? On YouTube, on the Roto Grinders YouTube for the DFS free game show. So if I don't get to your question today, just come back tomorrow. It's perfectly fine. You could, you could always <coughs> find me in the discord. It's, it's a premium part, right? I'm, I'm in there like all the time in the NBA channel. Sign up to Roto Grinders Premium. Use the link in the description below or in the link that uh, Devin has in the chat. Get $10 off your first month of Roto Grinders Premium. You get all the projections, all lineup HQ, all everything that I've been doing, you get to do yourself. So, so sign up there. Feel free to ask whatever questions you like in the Premium Discord. Uh, Brandon Stinson asks, can you do one without the Nets game like FanDuel has it? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think we have time for, for me to go through all that, but the mind, the, the, the concept still applies. Yeah. FanDuel is going to be a little bit harder tonight because it's because of no, no heat game. Uh, what's my sweet spot. This is the Matthew P. What's my sweet spot for contest size in single entry GPPs. Uh, I know you in on elf, my contest a few days ago. I don't know if that's English, but whatever. Uh, there's no, there's no favorite contest size. I can play any contest of any size. It's just that I have to build a lineup. That's, that's good for that type of contest for that size contest. I'm I've been focused so much in the past three or four years on large field contests with five to six figures of entries, 65,000, right? 120,000. Uh, and I tend to build lineups that are good for those contests, but I can build lineups that are good for small 300 person GPPs. Also, those lineups are going to look different. So, does it mean it's my favorite? No. Just in the past week, I've been focusing on them. I need it's a way to, to keep my game fresh, to me keep my game sharp, especially in large field contests where you're gonna lose most of the time, right? You're gonna lose it's it, you you're playing every day just to bink once in a season, right? That's what you're doing in large field. So I'm like, okay, let me let me try the the, the single entry, three max, small field type of lifestyle. And, and and sharpen up my game. And I've been doing well. So, you know, up 15,000 over the past week. So I, I, I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. So it's not a matter of what's your favorite contest. It's a matter of how do I build a lineup for this contest? Okay. The first thing that you should be thinking about is contest. The second thing you think about is lineups. The third thing you think about is players. Most average DFS players do it the opposite. Okay. This is why I always say lineups, not players. I'm looking at lineups here. What do Jokic Durant lineups look like? Whatever it fits in, fits in. It doesn't mean I like Duncan Robinson. It's just that if that's what fits in, <coughs> that what these lineups look like. But I look at these lineups and go, is this too chalky other than Jokic over Embiid? And go, maybe these types of lineups feel better for Smaller field, unless I'm willing to fade some of these heat guys, and then I can play it in large field. But of course, I'm going to give up a lot of projection for from from doing so. So that's that that's what I mean by lineups, not players. As I, as I try to get the YouTube chat back. Okay, this is what happens when I when I put it over my screen, so I so I can't see it. But that's what lineups, what not players means. Most most this is this is how. This is how most average DFS players think. Who do I play? Hmm. Durant looks good today. I'm going to pl- put him in. Hmm. Precious looks good today. I'm going to put him in. And then they start building a lineup with the players that they like, that they think are good, that they're going to do well or whatever. And then they end up building a line. Oh, I need, I need 4,700 for this spot left. Or who should I play? Uh, that guy. Right, that's what they're doing. And then they come up with a lineup and they go, okay, I got this lineup of players that I like. And then they think of, well, what contest should I play it in? Oh, I'll play it in that contest. That's the reverse of how you should be thinking. How you should be thinking is, what contest am I playing? I'm playing the $100 single entry, it's 640 people in it. Okay. 
what does a lineup that wins that contest look like? Okay, obviously it's a small field contest. It's not probably not going to give up as much median projection. It's probably not going to have a ton of leverage, but it still have some leverage. Okay, now that I know what that type of lineup looks like, what players satisfy that that those variables of well, I don't want to give up that much median projection, but I want to get some leverage. Like that's what that's what I've been doing. I mean, that's what I've been looking at. I line up said, oh, chalky, but not so chalky. But now let's say you start with the contest. I'm going to play the whatever, $15 large field type of thing. 30,000, 40,000 entries, 15 bucks, whatever, whatever it is. 100,000 a first. What do those lineups look like? Well, they, they, you're probably going to give up a significant amount of projection to get leverage. So you take a look at a lineup like this and go, this isn't good enough. This is not leveraged enough. <coughs> Maybe you don't play Kelly O. So let's say we play the Durant-Jokic angle, but we get rid of Kelly O. You're going to have to find leverage somewhere. So you're going to do that. Okay, so now we're still getting, we're getting shot. Okay, Shy and Murray together. That isn't that bad. And you're playing Myers-Leonard, assuming that he's in. Over. And obviously, this is almost kind of negatively correlated because... They, they're going to play the same position. But maybe this is a better large field lineup. You're not playing Kelly. You're playing both Precious and Myers. And you're still playing Shy and Murray against one another. And they, they're more likely going to be somewhat lower owned. And Dur- Durant and Jokic. Like, okay. This lineup makes more sense for a larger contest. Maybe not the largest one, but a larger one. So that's what I mean by lineups, not players. You're starting with the contest. What contest are you in? What types of lineups win these types of contests? How much projection, leverage, and correlation do I need? And then you go, what players satisfy that? This is what play whatever you want me. Just play whatever you want, right? I just started with, oh, how about Durant and Jokic? Well, it could be, where am I going to get leverage? By not playing Kelly and playing this guy and whatever. Let me see if that makes sense. And then fitting the players around it. You have the projections. I mean, I'm assuming you have projections of some type, even if you're not using the Roto-Grinders premium projections. And then finding players that fit those variables. You're not starting with the players. I'm not starting with who do I want to play. I'm starting with what contest do I want to play. And then I back, you kind of, you kind of reconstructing like what a first place lineup looks like. First place win equity lineup looks like in those contests. That's what you should be doing. Okay. Do we get any one more question before we get out of here for today? Let's see. Uh, QQ, uh, Donnie Watson, I think he's giving an example. On FanDuel, you only get Curry in five out of 100 lineups but only lose 2.5 points from the optimal. So would it make sense to try to play him if he's not going to be optimal? Well, it depends on the GPP that you're playing. All these all these answers, this is why I say you have to start with the contest. Don't start with the players. You start with the contest, then you move to lineups, and then you move to players. Okay? So it's like, can you play Curry? Well, it depends on the contest that you're in. I mean, I don't know. That's why you're, at, you're asking. It's like, okay, can you make good enough lineups with Curry in it? You go, yes. Okay, what contest makes sense to play that type of player? How owned is he going to be? What's the total ownership of your lineup now? If you're only sacrificing two and a half points and you're significantly cutting your ownership, like that's that, that's a great lineup. Go go, go 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 play. You can play that in large field, right? If you're, if you're, if you're losing half the ownership of your entire lineup and you're only losing two and a half points, like go play that anywhere. I mean, that's a single entry lineup. That's an anything lineup. Depends on how much ownership you're cutting away from there. Okay. Let's see if there's anything else before I get out of here. David says mango white claws are good. How about, do you have mango apple white claws though? That's the question. I've never seen apple mango anything. Okay, so on your way out, 
hit that thumbs up button to the thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe scribes. Can I say it that way? The subscribe scribes and the no- notification belly bells. Uh, should I be saying it like that? The belly bells. Hit the notification bell to know uh, when we go live here on this channel. Uh, this this show is every morning, every morning, <coughs> eleven o'clock Eastern. Uh, for for, uh, for th- this is what I do. We reviewed yesterday's slate. We talked a little bit about strategy. Today's slate, kind of a kind of a bit of a you know DFS school in a way. You could always catch it later. Obviously, watch the replay on YouTube or on the podcast feed, DFS pregame show. You could search for it on iTunes. You could click the RG website. It'll on the podcast. You could even subscribe there. Uh, so, uh, so, so for Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer behind the scenes, I'm Jordan Cooper, AKA Blender Ed. You can follow Blender HD on Twitter. And that's been the DFS pregame show here on rotogrinders.com. Grinders.com.